0: Welcome to our special coverage, breaking into regularly scheduled programming here on the Lansing Sports Network on 94.9 MMQ and the game 730 a.m. This is our Lansing Sports Network special coverage of Michigan State's football head coaching hire. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays from 4 to 6 p.m. My show is offensive minded on the game 730 a.m. We're breaking in today because Michigan State has made it official. They have hired... Jonathan Smith of Oregon State as the 26th head football coach in Michigan State history. Uh, That news coming down officially right around 1 p.m. today. Michigan State making it official with a press release. This had been widely speculated and reported on uh, basically since the middle of the week. Um, Alan Haller did one excellent job keeping everything locked down really tight throughout this search. We didn't start to get some actual uh, leaks, if you want to call them that really until the last week or so when the Jonathan Smith thing really started to pick up. And it was reported about a week ago that he had emerged as the front runner for Michigan state. And here we are less than a week later, he has officially been named Michigan state's 26th coach in program history. There will be a press conference to formally introduce him, but that's not going to be until uh, this early this week. That has not been formally announced yet, but Michigan State's saying in its press release that will be held early this week. So I'm guessing that means sometime Monday through Wednesday. If that comes out while we're on, here, on air here for the next hour, we'll let you know. But Oregon State... Uh, is, is where they get this guy from. If you haven't watched Oregon State this year, they just finished their regular season. They lost big at arch-rival Oregon last night, 31-7. to But if you're unfamiliar, um, let me just give you my tea leaves on what Oregon State is about. First of all, Jonathan Smith is an offensive coach. He played quarterback at Oregon State, and he was he was on probably the best team in Oregon State history. Uh, he quarterbacked, I think it was the 2000 team to an Orange Bowl win over Notre Dame that also had familiar names on that roster at wide receiver specifically with the likes of Chad Cinco johnson and TJ zada Dennis Erickson was the coach. That's probably, yeah, the best team in school history, and Jonathan Smith was the quarterback then, and from there, he just gets into the coaching ranks as a GA and works his way up. Eventually, he becomes the offensive coordinator for Chris Peterson at washington and uh from there he does a really good job helping washington get to that one and only playoff appearance they had in 2000 uh was that 15 2016 i can't remember which year but from there you know his alma mater opens up gary anderson who had been at wisconsin for a cup of coffee it was a west coast guy he went back to oregon state and did terribly Three years at Oregon State, and they were awful, including two of the three seasons going winless in Pac-12 play. So they fired him. Oregon State brings home the prodigal son, Jonathan Smith, his first head coaching opportunity. And he was there for six years. And he did a hell of a job. Oregon State is not an easy place to win. Oregon State is, I think you can see why this guy would appeal to Michigan State some. they are similar Dispositions. Oregon State is again not like a natural college football powerhouse, and they're in the shadow of a natural college football powerhouse, at least lately, with Oregon. It's very reminiscent of what Michigan State has to deal with with Michigan. And I think part of what really appealed to Alan Haller and everyone else at Michigan State about Jonathan Smith is how he was able to do more with less, right? I mean, he has to go head-to-head with Oregon for every recruit, and that's not a battle he's going to win often, hardly at all. But that didn't stop him from engineering three straight winning seasons, and including last year a 10-win campaign, and this year they're 8-4, and four, a chance to get to 9 with a bowl win. And they've been a very good team, and frankly, a fun team to watch. If you're unfamiliar, they play uh, their offense is, is very, very exciting and that's that ought to be an exciting prospect to Michigan State fans because i think the offense Jonathan Smith runs will translate directly to the Big 10 because it is predicated first and foremost on a big physical imposing offensive line and that's his recruiting bread and butter and he did a hell of a job at it at, at getting guys while getting guys you know that um weren't exactly high profile recruits so it's a run first scheme, which I think everyone in Michigan State will appreciate, but it also it has this very unique combo of like a multiple passing attack. I love this offense because of how diverse it is. It's very multiple, but when you when you say that, sometimes people think you just mean like a a traditional spread attack. No, no, this is about running the ball and being physical. It's a really unique attack, and I think it will translate excellently to the Big Ten. It just will require the players to make it work, to make the scheme work. I don't think they have the players to do that on the current roster. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Defensively, what is that like? What do they do on defense? Well, Oregon State's defense reminds me of sort of like a um, a Baltimore Ravens NFL-style defense. It's, it's very blitz-heavy, but it's more about like the the masking of coverages and pressure packages. There's a lot of that pre-snap fake-out stuff, which I frankly don't understand why more college defensive coordinators don't do that because these, these quarterbacks in, in college football are not pro passers. They're not nearly as good at being disciplined and, and reading defenses right. I think it's a smart defense to play. I think that will translate to the Big Ten too. Again, though, everything is predicated on talent. And that's probably I I'm, I'm telling you all the good things about Jonathan Smith. The the biggest question mark out there has to be this. He has no Midwest ties whatsoever. None. That's a problem because in order to be successful at to be successful anywhere you got to get players. And to be successful at Michigan State, you got to get players specifically from Ohio. The last guy decided to just give up on that and look what happened. He focused on Uh, going to Georgia and Florida, and they had some success there, but you can't just neglect Ohio. It has traditionally been the most important recruiting footprint and pipeline for this program. The next person here, who now we know is Jonathan Smith, is going to have to rebuild a lot of bridges that were burned by Mel Tucker and company, and I think that's a hard task for anyone to do because Michigan State is going head-to-head with some much bigger brand names uh, in Ohio. And it's always been that way, and it always will be. But it's going to be even harder for a guy who's, frankly a stranger to these Ohio um, you know coaches and, and, frankly, the entire Ohio recruiting pipeline. That's my biggest concern. Uh, I don't think I'm over exaggerating it. I think it's a fair, uh, a fair encapsulation that that is the single greatest concern about hiring Jonathan Smith. He's never coached east of the Rocky Mountains. Maybe, it'll, maybe that's not a big deal. College football has changed, and now you can buy players. And maybe we don't know the specifics yet. We don't know how much Michigan State is paying him. We don't know how much Michigan State promised him in terms of an NIL budget or an assistant coaching staff salary pool. We don't know these things. Uh, you have to assume it's going to be at least what it was under the prior regime, which was competitive. Michigan State had the 10th best assistant coaching pool salary in the country and second and in the Big Ten only to Ohio State. NIL is way more nebulous. It's harder to read. But the last guy complained that they didn't do enough there. I, but to be fair, have you ever heard a college football coach say that they have enough in terms of NIL? None of them say that. So I, I got to believe there's a plan in place. This is the kind of hire you, you can't make without building in a ton of support Because of his unfamiliarity with the region, and I'm sure Michigan State is aware of that. Also, it's not the first time someone's hired someone that doesn't make sense in their geographical footprint. And when that happens, traditionally, one or two vestiges from the prior regime stay on staff as holdovers for continuity, but also for that um, recruiting purposes in, in, in that recruiting pipeline in that geography. Harlan Barnett has told Graham Couch that he will stay on Michigan State's staff in whatever capacity. We don't know what that means, um, but he said he wants to stay on the staff and he's happy to do whatever it would take to help him be successful. Okay, Um, maybe that will help. Harlan Barnett has done a decent job recruiting Ohio in the past. I think that would be a good move to help Jonathan Smith. But also keep in mind that – most head coaches want to bring in their entire staff. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. But Graham Couch is reporting Harlan Barnett said he will stay on Jonathan Smith's staff. But I don't think that's entirely Harna- Harlan Barnett's decision. So we'll have to see. We don't know anything about that. All we, we, it has been reported at 11.30 this morning, Alan Howler uh, relieved every coach on the staff from top to bottom. Everyone was let go, including Harlan Barnett including what surprised me, Courtney Hawkins, a, a young up-and-coming recruiter and position coach who has done one hell of a job at Michigan State, developing wide receivers, and he's done pretty good recruiting Ohio too, all things considered. I, I wonder if he'll be retained by Jonathan Smith. Who knows? Another big question I have is who will be the defensive coordinator, and if I have my druthers, I would like Jonathan Smith to bring Trent Bray his defensive coordinator, Oregon State, over with him because the way they play really, really good defense. Everyone thinks about Oregon State and they think about the offense because it's an offensive minded coach, but they have had a really good defense over the last few years, and I like the scheme they run. I would like them to bring him with, but naturally, we don't have this official yet, but what tends to happen when a head coach leaves for another job, they promote one of the coordinators to take over. So we'll see. Will Michigan State be able to pay that guy enough to get him to leave Oregon State? Where or, which will probably pay him more as a head coach, right? Than Michigan State would as a defensive coordinator. Don't know. It'd be nice, but we'll see. All of that still has to shake out a little bit. Uh, other things to consider are uh, aside from you know things that we can't account for you now, like how much how much is he going to be paid? How much? What did it take to lure him away? I, I've seen some speculation. Apparently, Jonathan Smith, Oregon State paid him better than I thought. Oregon State was paying him about five million dollars this year, uh, so he was he was supposed to make an average of about five million dollars through the next five years or six years. It was like a five-year thirty million dollar thereabout deal. Well, obviously, Michigan State offered more. The last guy was making nine and a half. I doubt it's nine and a half, but we'll see that that'll come out in the coming days. Stay tuned for that, and it it will have to because. It's public information. This is a public school. And before this can actually be made 100% official, there has to be an emergency board meeting where the board of trustees votes this through. And once they do, we will have those numbers in front of us. So stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up whatever day they introduce them, be it Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. We'll get all of that. I suspect it's much more than $5 million per year. On top of that, though, I've seen a lot of people speculate, like, why would this guy leave his alma mater? I, I can understand why people would think that that's an impossible, uh, impossible move. And you might be skeptical why a guy would do that to his home. But you have to remember a couple of things. One, college football is a business, first and foremost. It may not mean that to you because you have a very personal uh, relationship with the school and team. But to the people that do this for a living, it, it's work. It's a business, And with that in mind, obviously you're going to be listening to higher bidders. But most importantly in this situation is this. If Jonathan Smith wants to be a serious college football coach, he had to leave Oregon State. And that's because, if you don't believe me, just go on Google and look up Oregon State's 2024 schedule. They have three games because they don't have a home. Because the Pac-12 has been effectively dissolved and absorbed by the Big Ten and ACC. Oregon State and Washington State have been left out to dry. They don't have a home. I don't think it'll stay that way. They'll probably wind up in the Mountain West, and maybe that'll become the new pack, whatever because they were able to successfully win a court battle to retain the rights to that conference brand and image. Regardless, the point is, it's an economic issue. Oregon State overnight will go from a TV revenue sharing check from this last season of the PAC 12 that was somewhere in like the $35 million range to in the mountain West this year, it was $3 million per school. That is an enormous difference. And I understand if you don't know a lot about the, the the dynamics of the financials and economics of college football, because it's very boring to talk about, (laughs) but Take a look, Google it, do a little bit of, of reading, and you'll see what I mean. Going from $35 million per year in terms of a TV revenue sharing payout to $3 million, that's you know a $32 million difference. That is the difference between it's worse than life and death because most athletic departments operate in the red to begin with. College football is very weird. It, it's, not like, it's not like our you know, free market economy where things just naturally work out based on survival of the fittest economically. Nope. College sports is very weird. The best brands often lose money. Isn't that bizarre to think about? UCLA is joining the Big Ten because they have lost money hand over fist for a decade now. They are so far in debt, they had to make the previously unconscionable decision to leave the Pac-12 a West Coast conference for a Midwest conference in the Big Ten, all because of money. This is the number one consideration nowadays. And Oregon State is in a very dire situation. Jonathan Smith's career, and he's a young guy, he'll be 45 next month. His career could not continue as a serious Power 5 head football coach at Oregon State. It's unfortunate. It sucks. It's not his fault. It's not Oregon State's fault but it is the nature of reality right now that had to change if he wanted to continue in this career. And it's really awkward because he has to do that to the people that helped make him who he is, but it's also not the first time it's happened. Even before this wild day and age of West coast teams and East coast conferences and, and all that, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Rich Rodriguez had a really good thing going at his alma mater and at the height of, of what they had accomplished there, he pulled up the stakes and went to Michigan, something no one thought was possible. So it's it's not completely unheard of. The dynamics now, though, are really at play. That's what's driving this. So Oregon State loses uh, Jonathan Smith and their loss is Michigan State's gain. Jonathan Smith, the 26th head football coach in Michigan State history, and they're expecting to introduce him at a press conference Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back, and on the other side, we'll bring on Tim Stout. Uh, He's going to call in. We'll pick his brain on it and get his reaction to Michigan State's new head football coach, Jonathan Smith. Stay with us for continuing live coverage of Michigan State's hire of Jonathan Smith as its 26th football coach in program history. What are you up to tonight? You want to meet up for cards at Homebrew Tabletop Game Lounge? At Homebrew, you can unwind and hang out with family and friends. From Euchre, Chess, and Catan to all the latest hobby games, let your worries slip away while you
1: instead worry about whose turn it is or who's winning. Homebrew is the place for game night where no one has to clean the house, plan the snacks, or even bring the games. Homebrew Tabletop Game Lounge is located on North Bridge
0: Street in Grand Ledge, above Arms and Numbers. Now if you'll excuse me, it's my turn. (laughs) Let's play.
2: Visit the station's website now for half-off gift certificates to Homebrew Tabletop Game Lounge. With Black Friday appliance savings all month long at the Home Depot, we're making the holidays merrier by making holiday hosting easier with our lowest prices of the year on Whirlpool Kitchen Appliances. Get everything you need to store all your holiday favorites and the leftovers with top brand kitchen appliances at a great value. Final days to save up to $2,300 on select kitchen packages, including top brands like Whirlpool with Black Friday savings at the Home Depot. How doers get more done ends November 29th.
3: This holiday season, Capital One reminds you to give yourself the gift of 1.5% cash back with the
1: Capital One Quicksilver card. Can I earn 1.5% cash back on birds? Birds? What if you sent your true love to turtle doves plus a partridge in a pear tree?
0: Sure, but why would anyone want that? The song was very convincing. Earn
3: 1.5% cash back on all your holiday purchases with the Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet?
2: terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Dell's Black Friday event
4: is their biggest sale of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. It's the perfect time to upgrade any home, business, or gaming setup powered by Intel Core processors. Shop now at Dell.com deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals let
5: Are you ready to smell better naked? I'm Dr. Shannon Klingman, the OBGYN creator of Lumi, the whole body deodorant that's clinically proven to control odor for 72 hours on pits, feet, privates, and beyond. It's pH optimized to safely and effectively control odor anywhere you have it but wish you didn't. Plus, it's proven to work better than a shower with soap alone. Whether you shower twice a day or three times a week, Lumi works better. And did we mention it's aluminum-free? With over 200,000 five-star reviews, I'm so sure you're going to love it or you can return it for free. There's a special offer for listeners. Use code RADIO20 and get an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack that comes with a solid stick, cream tube, free product of your choice, and ships free with code RADIO20. L-U-M-E deodorant.com code RADIO20, for an extra $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Love it or return it for free. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com code RADIO20.
3: The Game, 7.30 a.m. WGFN.
0: And welcome back to our special coverage here on the Lansing Sports Network of Michigan State hiring Jonathan Smith, formerly of Oregon State, as the 26th head football coach in program history. I'm Beanie. You can hear me weekdays on the game, 730 a.m. from 4 to 6 p.m. Offensive Minded. Uh, Brock PalmBush here from Stout on Sports, doing the Lord's work, keeping us on air, helping us get this out to you across these Lansing Sports Network stations. Didn't game... expect
4: to be here for uh, this. This is kind of nope. a deal, and nope. we will. And for those listening to the state high school football championships, we will get to the Division Six championship game, which is going to start uh, here in about mm, half hour, forty minutes. So we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, we'll go till five o'clock here on. Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7.30 a.m. But yeah, you know, I, I had a feeling it would happen like this because both teams, Michigan State and Oregon State, ended their regular seasons on Friday night. Last Did you think night. it would happen today? Uh, no, I thought it would be a formally press released on Monday morning. Okay, But I was just kind of frankly worried because it's it's hard to do when it's not normal working hours but speaking of that we appreciate now the dean of sports himself tim stout taking some time out of his non-working hours to join us on phone to talk about this you know big news occasion so tim thanks for making time we appreciate it as always uh your general reaction when the news came down about three hours ago jonathan smith the new head football coach of michigan state
6: Well, it's clear they're trying to salvage a recruiting class, and it's clear they're trying to salvage whatever they can. You know, the timing of this thing was we've got to try to get, you know, hit the ground running with what we're going to do for 2024. And, you know, the holdup was clearly going to be whether or not Jonathan Smith agreed that after last night he was done at Oregon State, you know, and he was going to take the Michigan State job. He's got a lot of work to do in a short period of time, obviously, And I think he obviously, if he was going to do it, he had to do it right away because, again, the portal's December 4th. The scholarships are on December 20th, and they're down to eight of those guys now. And all he had to do was watch the game last night against Penn State to realize they are so far from where hiring a new coach, um, you know, is is the goal to turn things around. uh, That obviously it's going to be – I mean, he might be on the phone with – you know, recruits or assistant coaches now because he's got a lot of work to do here in the next couple of weeks. Whether he, you know, is is going to have success or not is anybody's guess. I mean, come up with enough stats, like you can with any coach, Mel Tucker or anyone else, to suggest that he could be, or you can come up with suggest with stats that you know is this is this a risky call? I think the one area where it is risky is he has absolutely no experience in the Midwest in Michigan State with its success in football through the years has been Midwest oriented, that clearly is going to be an adjustment for him and how he coaches at this level. So we'll see.
0: Do you think he was the top guy? I know that's been reported for the last week here, but are you surprised by the hire and do you think they got who they wanted?
6: Well, I mean, there've been a lot of different coaches have been in the, you know, in discussion ever since it was relatively clear, uh, you know, the Mel Tucker was going to get fired and that, they were not going to promote anybody within this own staff and Oregon state, because he got off to a good start, you know, and he's 44 years old, his his name was always lumped in there with a lot of other guys. So from that standpoint, I guess I'm not necessarily surprised. He was in a conference that was falling apart. So that made him vulnerable. Uh, Oregon state wanted to keep him, but you know, if he was going to move, he was probably going to have to move now. Um, they finished 8 and 4 you know which you know i guess by their standards is fine it it, it it did he have the same challenges there that he is going to face at michigan state and you can probably argue that that's accurate in other words can he get the maximum out of less than the maximum resources that the other powerhouses in the big 10 Uh, Have And that will be the challenge for him. Can he make do with not having the most name image and likeness money? Can he make do without having the highest paid assistant coaches? Can he make do without having the highest paying donors? All that stuff is going to go into it. How he adjusted that at Michigan State, you know, if he has some reasonably similar success from what he had at Oregon State, uh, then so be it. I mean, you can – his stats – He's thirty-four and thirty-five, but he's fifteen and seven in the last two years. Take that for whatever it's worth to anybody.
0: Do you get the sense um, that part of what appealed to Michigan State so much about Jonathan Smith was kind of what you just alluded to? You know, that the fact that he was able to do more with less in a situation where he was at a school that was always in the shadow. Of the preferred and premier program in state, and yet it took a while. Like you said, I mean, he went two and ten his first year, five and seven second year. COVID year was his third year, two and five. They got to seven and six in year four, then ten and three last year, eight and four this year. It took a while, but do you get a sense that that was a big component to this—the fact that he was able to manufacture success with less resources?
6: Yeah, because I think Oregon State clearly has to have fewer resources for success than Michigan State does. It has not had the football success through the years, clearly, you know that Michigan State has had. Moving forward, though, in a different world that we have, I mean, like I say, anybody who watched the game last night, and Penn State's the third team of the Big Ten, not the first team of the Big Ten, okay? So all he has to do was, and that, by the way, was his big mismatch, even though the score wasn't as great as some of their losses have been, that was as big a mismatch in a variety of ways that I'd seen in a long time. But the good news for him is you don't have to play him next year because Penn State's off the schedule. But that's the third team of the Big Ten, not the first or the second team. And, yes, I think there had to be an element – that he had success oh, no. at a school that wasn't Southern Cal, wasn't Notre Dame, wasn't Oklahoma. You know, the schools were, you know, whatever you want, whatever you need is what you get. He had to scrape by, and, you know, and they have a tremendous financial issue there with their athletic department to begin with. I think if mm-hmm. they could have paid him more and kept him, they would have done that. But they're so uncertain with the future. There are those two schools in the Pac 12 that are left that I guess he figured. I might as well go. And you know what? I guess in a way, he's coming in at a good time because they're out of those divisions now. And not that they're going to finish in the top two out of 18, but you're you're getting Michigan State when they're almost, and I mean almost, at rock bottom. I mean, I've seen some despair here at the end of football seasons through the years, and I've seen teams worse than this one. But, 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 but at the end here, to me, it was almost as if they would have had to play another game next week. They almost would have had a problem fielding a coherent team for a variety of different reasons after just trying to get through it all last night. At least that's my opinion.
0: I also wanted to pick your brain on this. Uh, Tim Stout, by the way, joining us. Stout on Sports weekdays on the game, 7.30 a.m., 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Because, Tim, you have covered this program for 50-plus years and I know you're really fond of the Daryl Rogers era, especially the 1978 Daryl Rogers team. And what's interesting to me about Jonathan Smith—and correct me if I'm wrong—I think this is the first offensive-minded coach Michigan State has hired aside from John L. Smith since Daryl Rodgers. What do you make of that?
6: Well, uh, I, <laughs> I hope we can get some guys that can, you know, that can. That can play, you know, to play his offense. I think one thing that's good is he's forty-four years old. I mean, he is. I don't think he has hit the height of his career in his own mind. I mean, they didn't win anything in the Pac-12. They competed in the Pac-12. But if you watched him last night, State plays at Oregon next year. He had an eight and four team. State's four and eight. He got beat thirty-one to seven. Yep. So to me, the first message he's going to have to send to Michigan State people is, you know, don't expect miracles overnight from where this team is. Again, all you have to do is look. I'll be curious to see how many of these players that he thinks can help them in the future as opposed to the players that he thinks need to go uh, into the portal or or graduate or whatever. And then how many more does he think he needs from the portal? But the other thing is how fast is he going to get help recruiting with assistant coaches that he's got to hire yet? My sense is he clearly will bring someone from Oregon state, whether those are coordinators or not. I don't know whether he holds over anybody off the of Michigan state staff. Uh, I don't know that either, and I'm not convinced necessarily that it is a, that it's a bad thing if he absolutely cleans house of everybody and totally starts over fresh. That doesn't mean any of those guys that have been there are nice guys and they're loyal and all that, but they need a makeover. And if he doesn't retain any of them in any way, I can fully understand that too.
0: You know what else is interesting to bring up Daryl Rogers again, Tim, is it's it's definitely the first West Coast guy they've hired since him. And I wonder, since you were there covering that, do do you do you find anything like informative about that, about maybe uh, things Daryl Rogers didn't perceive that Jonathan Smith might be in for that he's not planning on?
6: Well, when Darrell came here, college football was not as much nearly as a passing game as it has become today. I mean, today, if you don't throw it around, I mean, even in the high schools, if you don't throw it around, you know, you're getting left behind. So what he's, you know, what he does, it requires talent that can do it. I mean, he, in my opinion, he, he better go find some quarterbacks, not one, not two, not three, not four. He better go find some quarterbacks if he's going to try to do what he's doing. He's got a clearly fine receivers of the Keon Coleman type. I mean, he, he needs offensive linemen desperately, in my opinion, to play that schedule that they're going to play. But when Darrell came here, he was more of a trend setter because nobody in the Big Ten threw. He had a he, he inherited a quarterback who was barely a Big Ten quarterback in Eddie Smith. But he but he, you know, he worked with, him, worked with him, worked with him, worked with him. But they what he did inherit here was great receivers. And by the time he got done through his first year, Uh, You know, they had turned, he he knew he couldn't just pound teams into submission, which was the trend in that day, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, Today, everybody throws it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the question to me is, is he going to have the talent to make it work? That, to me, is his challenge between now and spring practice.
0: Tim, we appreciate you making time for us on short notice and on a holiday weekend. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. We'll let you get back to those grandbabies now. Okay, thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Uh, we're all pulling extra time here because you know it's a momentous occasion. Ain't that right, Brock? Part of the deal. It is. You know, but we have a couple minutes before this break. Yep. Why don't I Um, – I'll give you the comments Alan Haller made. He hasn't appeared publicly, but he did put out some words in his press statement, the press release officially at 1 o'clock today. Quote, today is an exciting day for Michigan State as we welcome Jonathan Smith his wife, Candace, and children, Robert, Bella, and Charles, to the Spartan family. Jonathan has a proven track record of success, building the Oregon State program from the ground up by implementing a plan resulting in sustained historic success for the Beavers. He's been a part of championship staffs, coached in the college football playoff, and understands what's required to be successful at the highest level, learning from some of the game's most successful coaches. On the field, his teams are tough and physical, yet innovative. This year, Oregon State has controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, ranking among the nation's leaders in both rushing offense and rushing defense. He's shown not only the ability to recruit talented student-athletes who fit his system, but also to develop and maximize players once they're in the program. At his core, he's a quarterback's coach, and throughout his career, he's been instrumental in the development of young quarterbacks, which is essential in today's college football landscape. Um, there's more. You can check that out if you want. You can find it online anywhere. MSUSpartans.com, too, has the full release. You can read the full comments there. But um, look, it's I guess it's not a surprise because over the last week, this kind of emerged in the media. Finally got some leaks. Alan Haller did a good job keeping things really buttoned up. But uh, So it's not a surprise within the context of the last few last week or last few days. But I still am kind of surprised like we talked about with Tim, that Michigan State hired an offensive-minded coach because that's just not the program's DNA and hired not only someone from the West Coast, which, like we said with Tim, hasn't happened since the 70s with Daryl Rogers, but someone from the West Coast with no Midwest exposure. None. Uh, and, and those are, I think, those are, there are some concerns about that, and I think that's well-warranted. That's some serious stuff. All right, let's, let's hit this, this break. And we have one more after this, I think, Brock. Okay, so let's go to break here. On the other side, uh, we'll get more into this. We got some more angles to talk about, and still coming up before we get out today, Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, will bring him on and pick his brain on it as well. Stay with us; it's continuing live coverage here on the Lansing Sports Network. The game, 7:30 a.m. in Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ of Michigan State hiring Jonathan Smith as the 26th head football coach in program history. We're back after these words.
5: Have you heard? The Xfinity Mobile Black Friday sale is on now. Don't miss out on a free line of Unlimited for two years when you switch to Xfinity Internet. That's over $1,000 in savings. Plus, see how to get up to $800 off an eligible 5G phone. Join the millions who have switched to one of the fastest growing mobile services. Now through December 5th, new customers can get a free line of Unlimited Intro Mobile for two years with Xfinity Fast Internet. Plus, see how you can save even more with up to $800 off the latest 5G phones. It's your chance to get connected to the fastest mobile service with 5G cellular and millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. This offer won't last. Go to Xfinity.com slash Black Friday Sale, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After promo, regular rates apply to service and devices. Actual internet speeds vary. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce mobile speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage. Data thresholds may vary.
0: Hey there, everybody. This is Joe Hanks from The Sunday in Stores. How about fall? Fall's coming. It's real nice, and you got the holidays coming in, and that puts everybody in a good mood. And if you want to save some money, you want to look us up at Sundance, with a large selection over sixteen hundred used cars to choose from. How
4: about a twenty-three Toyota with only three thousand miles on it, four forty-five a month with tax
2: included? How about a Mustang for three forty-eight a month with tax included? Look us up at 1 800 sundance.com, see what you like. What do you got, Tara?
5: Here's a brand new Buick Encore GX with a couple thousand dollars down. That's 288 a month. We're open seven days a week at Sundance, serving you 1.9% interest rates on brand new vehicles. We've got payments that can defer past the first of the year or a little bit longer. You got to call Sundance. There's some extra additional savings for you. Seven days a week on brand new vehicles. We honor all GM discounts, all makes and models. We've got brand new vehicles coming in daily at Sundance. If we don't have it right on the ground, we'll order it for you. Sundance will over 1,500 used cars and trucks to choose from. We want to earn your business seven days a week. Sundays, come see us. You should be
1: driving Kia from Kia of Lansing and Kia of Jackson. This message goes out to all the great people in the state of Michigan who are looking for a new car and just tired of getting the runaround. Well, at Kia of Lansing and Kia of Jackson, we're going to make it real easy for you. First off, everybody gets $3,000 minimum for their old trade-in. No ifs, ands, or buts. Second off, we have new cars to sell. They're available to test drive and available to buy. And third, we have great interest rates like a 2023 Kia Soul or Kia Forte 2.9% APR because I'm Skip Young and you know I want to see ya in a Kia. You should be driving a Kia from Kia of Lansing and Kia of Jackson. Kia of Lansing on South Pennsylvania Avenue and Kia Jackson on Page Avenue across from Menards. Trade offer requires new vehicle purchase. 2209 per month per thousand borrowed for 48 months at 2.9 APR with approved credit. Expires month at thekiagiants.com. To everyone
7: who wants to treat the family to a meal made just for you, let our team member Arish share what
1: makes Culver's special. We know the best meals are the ones shared with the people you love. It's why we handcraft our Wisconsin classics, so there's a favorite for everyone. Like our cook-to-order butter burgers and our real Wisconsin cheese curds. And there's no better way to treat yourself than our creamy, fresh, frozen custard. I put the same care into your meal that I would for my own family. Come to Culver's for a meal made the
7: Wisconsin way. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love. Welcome to Delicious. To everyone who craves a handcrafted treat, let our team member Sephora tell you about a Culver's favorite.
5: We make our thick and creamy fresh frozen custard in small batches all throughout the day. And we mean all day, every day. From our supremely rich shakes and concrete mixers to our freshly scooped dishes and cones, we handcraft every bite to pure perfection. Making you a sweet treat with care is the best part of my day.
7: Come to Culver's and get a taste of our fresh
2: frozen custard.
5: From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with
7: love, love... Welcome to
2: Delicious. You'll propose to her on that family trip in front of everyone. Brilliant. I know. The trip is only a month away. But I don't have a ring. Luckily, there's GageDiamonds.com with engagement rings in every style, certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, and moissanites. Can I finance it? Gage lets you buy the ring today and pay for it over time with our no-credit-needed financing.
5: Brilliant.
2: GageDiamonds.com. We're engagement's middle name. 25% off site-wide with code BFCM from November 11th to 28th. Exclusions apply. Lansing
3: Sports Leader. The game, 7.30 a.m.
0: Welcome back to our special live coverage here, interrupting regularly scheduled programming across the Lansing Sports Network. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7.30 a.m. As we cover this breaking story, Michigan State just uh, hours ago formally naming Jonathan Smith of Oregon State the 26th head football coach in Michigan State history. But speaking of that regularly scheduled programming, specifically for the game 7.30 a.m.
4: Yeah, yeah, here on WVFN, uh, the game, uh, we, we, we interrupted the uh, Division four championship game between Harper Woods and Grand Rapids South Christian, and it went down to the last play, and Harper Woods won it. 33 to 27 Harper Woods got to stop in the uh, final literally on the last play of the game to stop South Christian so Harper Woods their first ever state title uh in in football they're the division four uh, state champions the division six championship is going to start after five o'clock we will uh, join that that uh, We will join the start of that broadcast. It will be after 5 o'clock. But And this is not something we normally do here on the game, 730 AM and Classic Arc 94.9 MMQ, but it's not every day that you get a a new head football coach either.
0: Right. It's it's a big deal when a Big Ten program, especially one with this kind of history and this kind of success over the years, Mm -hmm. although not lately, uh, makes a... A hire and and changes a very notable regimes. one. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal.
4: Well, you didn't. Uh, Michigan State did not get Urban Meyer like you and a lot of other people wanted. Yes. So your initial, uh, your thoughts on uh, getting Jonathan Smith, obviously an accomplished coach, has done yeah. a very good job at his uh, alma mater. I forgot he was a quarterback a generation ago.
0: On that uh, Dennis Erickson team that beat Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl. That's
4: right, yeah. T.J.
0: Hushmanzada, Ocho Ojo, Ch- Ojo Johnson, or Ocho, Ocho, Cinco, Ocho, Ocho Johnson. Cinco
4: Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, f- I forgot about that. I, he, I think he played with that. Remember that great running back they had, Ken Simon? Yes. He was yes. one heck of a player.
0: Yeah, that and was a loaded offense. That was
4: a very good offense, and um, it's. Um, you showed me the picture from late last night of uh, the Oregon Duck and the Oregon State Beaver mascots hugging it out, and it was not a fake no. thing. It was actually sad because it's, very it, sad. It, it's because it's very possible those two schools uh won't play each other again in football and that's a shame.
0: It is. Um again, the changes in college football although good economically have eroded tradition in a very devastating way. Not just there either. Mm-hmm. You know, we've lost we're losing Oklahoma Oklahoma state, Bedlam, which is a shame. That you is know. a
4: shame. Although Washington, Washington State, they're going to continue the Apple Cup until the uh, end of this decade, and then they'll worry about it later in the decade. Times
0: are changing, it man. Is. It's
4: it, that's it's, the part that's too bad because the rivalries. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the we just saw the, saw in the Michigan Ohio State game today.
0: You know, so speaking of of that sad picture of the duck and the the beaver hugging it out. Just go on
4: social media, folks. You'll find it. It is really sad, sad.
0: and I give them both credit for doing that because it was a nice gesture, but you know what? Did you see what Oregon did before the game? The game was at Autzen. Okay, oh, and Eugene, okay. And before the game, while people are filing into the stadium, Oregon had the Michigan State game on the screen, on the Jumbotron. Ouch. <laughs> that was, I mean, it's a rivalry, so you're going to do cold-blooded stuff. That is cold-blooded. But I thought, like, oh, man, come on, they're, they're losing their home, and you're going to pull this because they're going to lose their coach, too? Probably. Low blow. Uh, you know what? I give Jonathan Smith credit for not lying to
4: everybody and say right. I'm not interested, and then pull a Steve Sarkeesian. You know, and then 30 minutes later, get on a plane to go take the USC job, which is what he did. 15 he was years ago.
0: remarkably transparent when that he went as on that as much as he could. Yeah, he went on an interview statewide in Oregon. I guess like this big sports radio guy in Oregon mm-hmm. on uh, was it Tuesday night. And if you haven't heard it, it doesn't matter now. But it was interesting. I played it on my show because it was yeah, fascinating. Yeah. And he, the guy asked him point Blake, like, "Are you talking to Michigan State? Are you interested in that job or any others?" And he said, "I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I have an agent that I pay a lot of money. He better be talking to the other schools because that's what I'm paying him to do." And he, I don't know if I've ever heard any other coach answer that question like that.
4: Because co- the coaches always lie about that. That's part of the reason I've lost. Kind of respect for them, yeah, Because so they have to you, you have to lie to everybody, come on well, he didn't I
0: mean he he wasn't completely honest you, you but, don't
4: lie to people because people can sniff it out, but you don't necessarily tell the whole truth either yeah, I was you know? impressed by that I give
0: him credit for that and then he tweeted this out today we'll go to break with this here's uh, I guess a portion of a statement he put out on Twitter about two o'clock today. as I start this next chapter of my coaching career, I want to first thank all the players, coaches, and colleagues i've worked with the last six years. I will cherish the memories and friendships. I also want to express my deepest gratitude to the people of Oregon State and Corvallis for your support. When I first arrived as a freshman college student, I had no idea the opportunities and relationships this community would provide for me and my family. The collective impact you have made makes it impossible for me to thank everyone individually, but I am forever grateful. And it must sting because he's an alum, right? right. That's yeah, got to hurt. That's the thing. Yep. Let's go to break. On the other side, we'll bring on Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, to end our special coverage of Michigan State hiring Jonathan Smith as the 26th head football coach in program history here on the Lansing Sports Network. Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7.30 a.m.
7: They say it's not a party till I show up. No! Is it my charming personality? Oh, Nick. Or is it because I bring these?
2: Holiday,
7: holiday
5: Instance. Instance.
2: Yeah. Yep, thought so.
5: Liven up the holidays with Holiday Instance from the Michigan Lottery. Four fun tickets like a partridge in a pear tree and holiday wishes with the chance to win up to $500,000. And gift big with new 500 times moneymaker with top prizes of $6 million bucks. So gift something wonderful with Holiday Instance from the Michigan Lottery. Knowing your limits is always the best bet. The holidays start here at Kroger with a variety of options to celebrate traditions old and new. Whether you're making a traditional roasted turkey or spicy turkey tacos, your go-to shrimp cocktail, or your first Cajun risotto, Kroger has all the freshest ingredients to embrace your traditions. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
4: Now's a great time to stock up on cereal. Boxes of Quaker Captain Crunch or Life cereal are just 99 cents each with your card and digital coupon. Kroger, fresh
1: for everyone. You should be driving a Kia from of Lansing and Kia of Jackson. This message goes out to all the great people in the state of Michigan who are looking for a new car and just tired of getting the runaround. Well, at Kia of Lansing and Kia of Jackson, we're going to make it real easy for you. First off, everybody gets $3,000 minimum for their old trade-in. No ifs, ands, or buts. Second off, we have new cars to sell. They're available to test drive and available to buy. And third, we have great interest rates like a 2023 Kia Soul or Kia Forte 2.9% APR because I'm Skip Young and you know I want to see you in a Kia. You should be driving a Kia from Kia of Lansing and Kia of Jackson. Kia of Lansing on South Pennsylvania Avenue and Kia Jackson on Page Avenue across from Menards. Trade offer requires new vehicle purchase. 2209 per month per thousand borrowed for 48 months at 2.9 APR with approved credit. Expires by the KiaGiants.com.
7: To everyone who wants to treat the family to a meal made just for you, let our team
1: member Arish share what makes Culver's special. We know the best meals are the ones shared with the people you love. It's why we handcraft our Wisconsin classics, so there's a favorite for everyone. Like our cook-to-order butter burgers and our real Wisconsin cheese curds. And there's no better way to treat yourself than our creamy, fresh, frozen custard. I put the same care into your meal that I would for my own family. Come to
7: Culver's for a meal made the Wisconsin way. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love. Welcome to delicious to everyone who craves a handcrafted treat. Let our team member Sephora tell you about a Culver's favorite.
5: We make our thick and creamy fresh frozen custard in small batches all throughout the day. And we mean all day, every day from our supremely rich shakes and concrete mixers to our freshly scooped dishes and cones. We handcraft every bite to pure perfection. Making you a sweet treat with care is the best part of my day.
7: Come to Culver's and get a
2: taste of our fresh frozen custard from
7: From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love.
2: Welcome to delicious. You'll propose to her on that family trip in front of everyone. Brilliant. I know. The trip is only a month away. But I don't have a ring. Luckily, there's GageDiamonds.com with engagement rings in every style. Certified natural diamonds, lab-grown diamonds, and moissanites. Can I finance it? Gage lets you buy a ring today and BFCM pay it over time with, time with our 28 28 credit exclusions GageDiamonds.com. We're engagements. Middleman. 25% of
0: Welcome back to our special live coverage of Michigan State hiring Jonathan Smith as the 26th head football coach in program history here across the Lansing Sports Network. That's Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 730 a.m. Beanie, you can hear me weekdays. On Offensive Minded on the game, 7.30 a.m., 4 to 6 p.m. Another voice you frequently hear, uh, Brock Palmbush, keeping us on the air here. Stout on Sports, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Thank you for being here and helping make this possible. And we also want to say thank you. In addition, thank you to Brock. Thank you to Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, who joins us now by phone on this uh, very newsworthy Saturday after Thanksgiving. Chris, how you been? Busy day, huh?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm hoping you uh recovered from that that Thursday spell that you had. <laughs> Are sounds you like you caught the vapors with the Packers a little bit?
0: Well, I don't want to I don't want to rub it in on people. Everyone knows I'm a cheesehead, but I was expecting a thorough ass whooping uh, on the receiving end, not the delivering end. So to deliver it we'll was a Thanksgiving the, miracle. We'll
4: get to that on the next episode <laughs> of Nachos and Knee which will be a week from yes, tomorrow.
0: It was very surprising, but I'll take it. Um, I, I'm trying to. That's a good segue, Chris, because you know, for the last week, we've heard that Jonathan Smith was the you know the the front runner in this race, he really emerged over the last week. But I still do kind of feel like it's a surprising hire given that Michigan State hasn't hired an offensive minded coach since John L. Smith. And before that you gotta go back to Daryl Rogers in the seventies. And they haven't hired and John
3: L. Smith, I believe, was a defensive guy. Oh, was he? I mean we we talk about uh, Smith's, you know, offense yeah. being, you know, so prolific from his time, but he was a defensive coordinator coming up.
0: Well, that explains a lot now so, I mean, in retrospect. all the way
3: back to Daryl Rogers. I mean, I, although I don't necessarily know Muddy Waters' profile, but you get the idea. I mean, you know, that's – but you're right. I mean, and if ever there was a display um, of the need for offensive upgrade, um, in this era in particular, um, where, you know, you, you come out of this season averaging 15.9 points, which is the worst since 1991 and even in 1991 that wasn't great but when the offenses are in the, the high 20s on average around the country it was time to make that move and I think give Allen Haller credit for recognizing that particularly as a former defensive back um, you know Michigan State's had a wealth of defensive coaches over the years you know George Perlis to Nick Saban and I guess you could say Bobby Williams. I mean, Bobby Williams, I believe, was a receivers coach, but you know, I think people kind of forget that um, because it was kind of a forgettable time. Uh, but you know, D'Antonio. and I mean, those are those the the tenants of the program were built on defense, and this place will always have that ethos. And I think Jonathan says brings that in a head coaching mindset, but he also is a quarterback guru, and that's that's been. Quite honestly, I think that's probably been over the course of the last 15 years. As good as Kirk Cousins was, as good as Connor Cook was, as as decent as guys like Brian Lewerke and Peyton Thorne were in guiding some 10-win seasons, um, they didn't really have the the same kind of, I guess, quarterback guru and offensive mind needed to, to generate things. And I think it's kind of a nice I shouldn't say nice, but I think it's going to be a philosophical shift on that. End. And I think who he keeps uh, – because I, I do think he'll keep some coaches around. I think Harlan Barnett and Courtney Hawkins are the names that you kind of think about because they have ties to the program's past. But um, I, I do think that, that it's going to be interesting to see how good – and and let's face it, not only how good can Michigan State's offense become with Jonathan Smith – you think about how this program has been, with the ups and downs over the years on the offensive sides of the ball. That people go back to the Dan Rochars and the Dave Warners, and every and you know all the offensive coordinators, Jay Johnson, all the one all offensive coordinators over the years that have given people frustration and fits, including some of the people on the defensive side of the ball at Michigan State. The one thing that Michigan State has never had a shortage of is offensive playmakers over those years, except for right now. I mean, you had NFL guys, at mm-hmm. receiver at times. You had Le'Veon Bells and the Jeremy Langford. You had weapons. Um, yeah. Now I think it would be interesting to see how this program takes that turn with an offensive-minded coach because there's enough offensive talent in the region, both in Michigan and Ohio and some of the surrounding states, to put together a, a, a good offensive team to complement you know, whoever comes in to run the defense.
0: Yeah, and you know I am surprised that they went away from the program DNA and went with an offensive-oriented coach, but uh, tell me what you think about this. I think it's just a sign of the times, because college football, well, football everywhere, is more offensively oriented than ever, but in college football specifically, I, f- I feel like, and you tell me if, if I'm onto something here, Chris, I feel like Rebuilds are capable of being done more quickly by an offensive coach because it's an easier recruiting sell if you have a sexy offense than if you have a dominant defense, right? And that's I wonder if that was part of the calculus by Alan Haller here.
3: Possibly. I mean, I think there's probably some, something to be said about that. I mean, you know, you win with playmakers, right? I mean, and where where are your playmakers that everybody always talks about? Well, they're the ones putting up the point. You know, I mean, as good as and as flashy as as the you know hip turning four two cornerbacks can be, um, you know, how many times a game do they have balls thrown at them? Not as many as receivers do. You know, how many times the defensive tackles have to make tackles um, as opposed to the running back getting the carries or getting out in the flat and and catching the ball with linebackers who can't tackle them and can't cover them. I mean that's you know, you're right. I mean, that's it, it's kind of the wave. It, I don't want to say it's the wave of the future because it's always been that way. That's why often quarterbacks have paid so much. That's why receivers have always been paid so much. Um, and, and I do think that, you know, Smith bringing that kind of philosophy and, and I think also uh, as a former quarterback having the mind of how to make the offense work um, from the top down is something that the program has lacked. For, I mean, it goes back to Mark Antonio when, in between offensive coordinators, or with frustration, said, "I don't have a rolodex of offensive guys." Well, Jonathan Smith should—he's a quarterback. You know, I mean, in that rolodex, you know who's in that rolodex? T.J. Zada and Chad Ochocinco.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, his his college receivers—he's played with dudes that are dudes. You know, that's why I think that uh, you know a guy like Courtney Hawkins. Um, you know who was a contemporary uh, of some of those guys, um, maybe a little bit longer in the tooth in his playing days than than Ocho Cinco and and uh, and Hushamama. Um, <laughs> that's my steel. That's the Steelers fan in me coming out. But um, I, I think that you know he's a guy that's going to have some connections, and you know that's a it's going to be. They got to get the run game going. They got to get the offensive line going again because um, it was a boys against men game mm-hmm. on Friday. Um, I mean, it was, you know, I, I had a line in my story that I cut out because it kind of felt like piling on a little bit. But, I mean, one of those teams on Friday night looked like they should have been playing on Thursday in the NFL game. And the other one looked like they should have been in bed getting rest for the, the Division 8 <laughs> state finals today.
0: Yeah. No, that's I think it's fair. Um, Chris, before we move on, I have a couple more things, but I wanted to hit the news on this first because your colleague Graham Couch reported Harlan Barnett told him today that he's, quote-unquote, possibly staying on staff with Smith. But, I mean, isn't that Jonathan Smith's decision?
3: It is. It is. But, I mean, listen, this is this has been brewing and known inside the football building that it's happening since at least Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, this, this wasn't a secret by any means and people knew it got out but the contract wasn't finalized really until today um or last night before the games um i hear a rumor that uh smith had told his players before they played that it was going to be his last game in corvallis when okay. though know they played in eugene but um i i, I believe those conversations have already been had it might have been harlan initially speaking out of turn a little bit um, but I think it's important. It and just like Graham pointed out, and we've talked about it, and it, it's something that I pointed out a year or two ago. Um, the lack of Ohio players in Michigan State's program since Mark D'Antonio left is alarming because, and, and that ultimately, from a football standpoint, is Mel Tucker's undoing, which is stunning as a guy who grew up and played high school football in Cleveland. Um, I don't know if it, he went to Wisconsin. I don't know if he had an aversion to Ohio guys because of that, but that has been the Cardinal staple of Michigan State teams for years, getting the hungry Ohio guys, trying to pry a few of the top, the top end guys away from Ohio State and Michigan sometimes from down there, getting those second-tier guys that become stars in the MAC, then move on to the NFL. Don't go to a MAC school in Ohio. Come up here and play against them. Ohio State and Michigan. Um, that was what Mark Antonio thrived on. Um, but Harlan Barnett is a guy who is from Cincinnati and has recruited Ohio his entire career. Those kind of connections. And I think that, you know, he came back uh, with Tucker in 2020. Those connections were important, but for some reason, the top of the food chain didn't chase those guys during Tucker's tenure. That's a philosophical change that needs to make. And I think for if Courtney Hawkins stays on staff, you're talking about a guy who has been a high school head coach and athletic director and knows everybody in the in the high school realm and hallways in Michigan. So and you got a, a coach that's never coached west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi mm-hmm. um and, and Jonathan Smith. And I think good solid head coaches understand and recognize what is our blueprint? What is our area? Uh, Harlan Barnett talked about that after the game last night. That, you know, you got to have. He, he went back to the D'Antonio Mines uh, set and in terms of the tier one. I mean, the tier one recruiting Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. The, the, the same philosophy that Tom Izzo built his program on. Um, there's talent in the region. Um, You have to sometimes fight and scratch and claw with Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame for them, and sometimes some of the other Big Ten schools. But if you identify it, as D'Antonio has shown, you can create Michigan State into a winning top-tier Big Ten program. It's going to be a lot tougher with the West Coast teams coming in, which I think is another benefit to having a guy who's coached against the four teams coming into the Big Ten and understands the, the West Coast philosophy in some ways. So it is going to be an interesting time. I really think it's it's a good hire by all accounts on the type of coach that Smith is, but I think also his pedigree on the offensive side and his background on the West Coast with the Big Ten expanding out there is 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 a good timing and a good fit.
0: What what do you make of the hire given the concern over what we just talked about the? You know, lack of Midwest experience recruiting and otherwise. To me, it seems like this is a low floor but high ceiling move, whereas like Mike Elko was the opposite, right? Mike Elko felt like a high floor, lower ceiling. Maybe that's just my interpretation, but do th- you think that's fair?
3: Maybe. I mean, it's possible. I heard Helko had actually pulled out uh, of the race before Thanksgiving because he pretty much knew that Smith was getting the job. Um, it, but I do also think that. <laughs> Uh, you know, the one, and a defensive guy. Um, Mm -hmm. You followed that blueprint for so long and you got so far. Um, And, you know, I I think the biggest thing that the Michigan state, there's two things I think that are important for this hire. One, is he a genuine person, a good and genuine person? I had some people reach out to me about that. And by all accounts, Jonathan Smith seems like that. Um, and two, penny coach ball. Um, because I don't feel like the last head coach had either those qualities or traits from an overseer, a program overseer standpoint. Mel Tucker might have been a great defensive backs coach. Uh, he might have been all uh, you know, a great football guy, but in terms of program overseer and the other aspects of the personalities, there wasn't enough due diligence on that. And the parameters, I think, restrained or constrained what Michigan State had to do when Luke Fickle pulled out of that job back in 2020. Um, but this had this, this search had time. This search had Allen Howard leading it for the first time rather than being part of a big committee. I mean, he had qualities that he wanted that, that I feel like those were the two big ones. And I think he got them. Um, I think, you you know, I think the important thing here is he's the one that was making a decision. And he's proven thus far, you know, between the volleyball and the hockey and some of the, the smaller sports with hires he's made, uh, that he has a an idea and blueprint of what he needs and wants from Michigan State coaches. Uh, okay. I, I think he's pretty much found a lot of those traits in, in, Jonathan Smith.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just wonder, um, if you have any of the concerns or you see the validity and the concerns for, uh, he, it's not fair to be worried about the guy cause he shares the same first and last name as a disaster hire here. Um, I, I understand why people feel that way. It isn't fair to him, but also it's the fair that those people have PTSD <laughs> that there's that, but also, uh, it's not his name that gets me a little concerned. It's he does have some quirky antics, which they're fine when you're winning, but if you're not, they don't go over well. And I'm specifically the, – the one that comes to mind was a couple of months ago, I forget, they were playing one of those Friday night games, and he was telling his quarterback to milk the clock, and he made a um, pretty inappropriate gesture with his own physical anatomy. And that's just one example. I, I don't think that's a huge deal, but in context – of he he's a weird kind of guy, and like his interview from a couple of nights ago, I loved it because he was honest on that Oregon sports radio station when he said, "Yeah, you know, hey, I they my I pay an agent a lot of money. He better be talking to every other job that's interested in me, or or otherwise, I just I wonder if that's smart though long term.
3: Ask the guy uh, on the other side of Shaw Lane about that. <laughs> about how it can be? Yeah, you know, I mean. Don't try. I think this was also part of Mel Tucker's. Uh, I don't want to say downfall because there were obviously a lot of other reasons, but I think the, the 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 part that Mel Tucker didn't grasp that Tom Izzo did because I felt that there was a lot of Tom Izzo traits in Mel Tucker when they hired him, but he was so concerned about brand and so concerned about things that you know, the, the flash and dash and social media, and all these things that, that a coach tells players, this is noise, but yet is embracing that, right? You got to live it, right? I, I, I think if you're a quarterback out there and you see your head coach doing something like that, what's what's your reaction? You're going to probably mm-hmm. laugh and chuckle a little bit and get at ease in those moments that it's a, a Big situation, and say, okay, I know what he wants now. You know, so I, I think there's a there's a relating. He's 44 years old, right? Yep. I mean, that's that's a young coach. I mean, that's younger. that's that's about the same age as Nick Saban when he took the job. That's a little the little old like a two, couple two three years older than Bobby Williams when he got the job. Um, and and Bobby clearly wasn't ready, and he hadn't had any head coaching experience, let alone six years. In what previously had been a coaching desert in Corvallis. Uh, you know, this is, and East Lansing and MSU isn't anywhere near the desert that, that it is at Oregon State when you're so far in the shadows of Oregon anymore. Um, it was when, when Smith took that job. I mean, we're we're talking. I think 2017. I mean, you're talking that program's coming out of the Mariota era. They're coming out of playing for national titles. Um, Michigan State saw a lot of those Oregon teams that were like that, and Oregon State was just another game along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he changed that. He changed that in his set, six seven years there um, as a program alum. So I think he understands the nature of rivalries. He, he might have struggled in that rivalry, but. You know, anybody's going to struggle at Corvallis to try and get high-end players because there's not an Ohio next door, Sure. right? There's not the talent in that region that there is in the upper Midwest that Michigan State has shown the ability to compete with. And a program in Michigan State that's a perennial, should be a perennial top 25 or better program. He's got resources. He's got talent. um, He's got coaching chops. Now he's got to prove it.
0: He's Chris Solari, the MSU beat writer for the Free Press. Hey, thank you for your time on a holiday weekend and on short notice, man. We really appreciate it.
3: All right, bro. Take care.
0: You too. And that'll do it for our special coverage here across the Lansing Sports Network. Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game 7.30 a.m.